This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. And welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast, which normally focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. But not today. Today is the special bonus episode. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about tournament coverage this this week, as you guys probably saw in the description. I decided to hold it off until after the Iron Halo, which is the large premiere event of September and October that I will be attending personally, so I'm going to wait for tournament coverage after that event, uh, because of course I'm going to include a 100-person event in the tournament coverage episode. But for now, I've got a very special episode planned for you guys, so you guys are going to get two weeks of bonus episodes, a special double-down, double-week extravaganza. Uh, And with me, I have Mr. Brian Hunter. Hey, what's happening, guys? Of the Flying Monkey Podcast, I've had him on before, and Mr. Jason Horn. Well, howdy ho! Rootin' tootin' Jason Horn. That's right. That's how we talk down here in Oklahoma. Yeah, you should <laughs> I'm, li- punch I'm in my teepee right now. <laughs> so, the reason why I brought these two gents on is because, as you probably already saw in the description and the title, uh, we're going to be talking about what it takes to run a 40k tournament in 8th edition. Uh, we're not going to specifically focus on RTTs. We're going to focus more on the GT an open level uh and the reason being is i want to give you guys as much good stuff to take your event to the next level i i I constantly get emails saying you know hey pd pop can you can you advertise for my event can you help me out with with numbers can you bring people how do i how do i take my event to the next level how do i make it a gt how do i make it a good premier itc event etc etc it's always been a niche uh a part of this podcast is talking about tournament coverage uh and so i felt like the natural conclusion is to get a couple of guys with some successful events under their belts and talk about what it takes to run a GT. Uh, I myself, I've also helped Frontline Gaming run the Las Vegas Open, the SoCal Open, the Bay Area Open. I personally judged and TO'd for each of those events. I have personally helped run Reese and Frankie build the terrain, run all the background stuff, <clears throat> all that good stuff. Uh, Reese and Frankie are the masterminds, but I definitely have a lot of experience in that regards. Uh, and I think in terms of the Iron Halo, the Flying Monkey Con, and the LVO, I think the results kind of speak for themselves. These are very, very successful tournaments uh, that get a lot of people involved and in, in are, are pillars of the community in terms of, of uh, what what they do for the community. Well, thank you for the kind words. I feel like you're, you're stretching them for me. I'm just a, a humble T.O. You are not oh, humble. Sh- 
Oh, shit. Not <laughs> wrong on both accounts. Ding, ding, so ding. Humility is Shame. my best quality, is, is what my wife says all the time. So. What's pretentious humility, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, so, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Brian and Jason talk a little bit about their their own tournament expertise, uh, and also at the same time plug their events because both of their events have at one point been sponsors of Chapter Tactics. Where well, the Iron Halo is an official sponsor of Chapter Tactics right now. Uh, it is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, and I'm gonna. Bartlesville. I'm sorry, Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Bartlesville, North Bartles. of Tulsa, but if you know where Tulsa is, it's T- just Tulsa is the only part of Oklahoma everyone cares about. So. Ugh. I don't think anybody cares about Oklahoma at all, but that's cool. Uh, I was care is a stretch. I was, I was trying to be nice, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but go go on, Jason. Tell, tell everyone a little bit more about the Iron Halo. Uh, yeah, it's uh, coming up in two weeks, October sixth and seventh. Uh, we have a hundred and two people signed up, and uh, it's uh, it's the premier event in Oklahoma. It's a huge charity tournament uh, for On the Rock Ministries, and uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. Pablo's come out uh, last year. Uh, we have a uh, defending uh, champion of the Iron Halo, Matt Root, who won the ITC two years ago, is coming on out. He'll be trying to go for the three-peat this year, which is kind of exciting. Uh, but we also have some really cool and very awesome talent like Trent Northington and Sam Henley, uh, as well as some other folks uh, from, from Dallas uh, and even uh, Minnesota that are coming out. And we really like to promote the Iron Halo as a gigantic midwest community event because we have all these different events like flying monkey uh midwest conquest march madness and renegade Renegade and even uh, the dallas open they're all coming up to the iron halo they're bringing a couple they're bringing their best tables to show off their terrain uh and and hopefully that helps players want to go to their tournament because if they see awesome terrain on the board that's like oh this tournament does a really good job so uh, you know that's that's what we like to pride ourselves for as being a community community charity event, and I think we've done a pretty good job uh, so far. We're just we just run really tournaments per se, not so much of cons. What Brian does. Right, so, so speaking of cons, uh, Brian, why don't you tell them a little bit more about the Flying Monkey Con? Uh, the Flying Monkey Con we have it every June. Uh, it's here in Wichita, Kansas. And what we did was it initially was a GT. It was Flying Monkey GT, and it was actually started by another member of our team. And uh, he passed the reins on to us. Uh, when he passed it on to us, we decided to make it a con. So we wanted to have, you know, a lot of other games. Uh, last year, you know, we had some cosplay stuff going on. Uh, you know, so we, again, this next year we're growing even more. But we're going to have RPG stuff next year. We're going to have, you know, Magic the Gathering, X-Wing. Uh, so we're, we're kind of doing more of a, just a tabletop wargaming, tabletop game thing now as opposed to just sticking to a GT. Uh, but it initially was a GT and it grew from there. But, uh, like I said, the, the, the venue that we have is really good now. Uh, we haven't filled it up yet. So our goal is kind of outgrow it. And every year, you know, I, I run it with two other guys. It's hard to do something like that and do it by yourself. Uh, so you kind of have to get a good team on board and, get a couple guys to help you plan and plot it and do it well in advance because it's not something you can just show up and have work out well or else you're going to be putting a bunch of money out of your pocket, which I don't know about anybody else in gaming that has that, but I don't. Yeah, and and I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that that you have a con and that, that um, you wanted to take it to the next level um, because if you're someone who wants to take your GT, your RTT to the next level, I feel, and I, I think a lot of people in the community feel, 
that your tournament has, should offer something to the rest of the 40k community as a whole, other than just being a premier tournament. Uh, so if you look at, at Iron Halo and Nova, they are both charity events. The Nova in particular is clearly one of the most successful tournaments in, in 40k history. Uh, Nova is huge. They consistently get 300 player-ish, the, over 200, around 300 that mark, somewhere in that mark. Uh, players every year they have an invitational obviously this year they were the first table or the first tournament to have to have professional 40k playing live streamers streaming the whole time and jeff and frankie it was a big success Uh, nova is a charity organization just like iron halo and also just like the iron halo nova and iron halo are both on the rise hey uh flying monkey con is a a 501c3 by the way so okay Last I year we I had no idea. Yes, last year we uh, we donated proceeds to a uh, veterans group that was helping nice. like veterans get back off, on their feet that were uh, homeless. So, well, there you go. That another successful con or another successful event being a charity event. My point is is that you can you can go that route. That, and I think a charity. I think there's nothing wrong with running a charity event and and also at the same time trying to grow a large event. Um, you, you know, there's. There's not. There's obviously there needs to be a little bit of uh, money making or business or sometimes like nonprofits can't succeed without making any money, um, which is why obviously Jason charges to for you to attend the Iron <clears throat> Halo. Uh, but if you have something to offer back to the community and also you can put together a large 40k event, it only adds to your event. And then on the flip side, a con is a great way to run an event. If you look at like the the Las Vegas Open, the SoCal Open, the Flying Monkey Con. Uh, open the flying monkey con uh uh the lg about that a little bit later um and what and do's and don'ts for what to do with your event uh adepticon big a big con gen con even though the gen con 40k tournament wasn't that big uh the point is is that if you attach a con to your 40k event there's also a great way to grow your event easily uh so so uh when you're looking at growing your event you want to make sure to, to look at the event's future and how you're going to grow and what you have to offer the community other than just being a tournament. It is very, very rare to have an event grow to the, like, for example, the Bay Area Open, which is our big premier tournament. It's just 150 players this year. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest, that's probably the biggest single, just pure 40K tournaments out there. Because, and, and that's that's taken recent Frankie six years and it's already been eclipsed, eclipsed by our two cons in SoCal Open and the Las Vegas Open. It's their longest running event, and it's it's also our smallest event. So just keep that in mind, guys, as you're looking to expand your events. Um, but I mean, the logistics look, for, for the two, di- yeah, yeah, the logistics for two the, the 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 two different types of events are like astronomical. Where I think yeah. uh, on my staff side, I need like maybe four or five people to run everything. And Brian, how about you? How many how many staff and like organizers do you need to run any everything? Uh, well, you know, Duncan, Matt, and myself were the the were the main players last year, and we probably had about a dozen people volunteering for things. You know, beyond that, and I'm, that doesn't count how many they had helping with their events. You know, so it's it takes quite a bit of staff, you know, to to do that, and you got to make sure that those people are getting taken care of, because uh, you know a lot of people won't come out and help you again if you don't make them feel right or taken care of the first time. And you just got to kind of get that team, you know, well in advance going too. you know, it's like Jason and I joked earlier about him coming out and streaming at our con, but you know, that was something that was arranged and talked about months before he even showed up on site. So, you know, we were fortunate to have him come volunteer. 
Um, you know, you got to have people that are willing to run events, you know, without little to much reward. And, uh, and then you, know, you got people do stuff like paint judging, people that, you know, just make basically information people. We had someone who was in charge of, you know, helping getting lunch right, getting getting food, getting water where it was supposed to be. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you might not think about running something like that that you're going to need volunteers for. So, you know, you, you basically got to think of worst case scenario, you know, who we need to do what and how many people need to fill these slots and, and make sure you go above and beyond that because you're going to definitely fall short if, you know, regardless of what you think you're going to need. Yeah, and, and it, it's not something you build overnight. So it's, it's right. like if you have a GT right now, it's not something that you're going to magically turn into a, a large event. It's something that you're building on. And so the the this podcast, of course, is for anyone who is interested in, in running an event or the ins and outs of running 40K, 8th edition, 40K events in 8th edition. Though I will say that if you want to be successful – you have to have you have to be a strong community leader you have to have a core group of guys if you look at if you look at Brian Brian has the flying monkey podcast and his his group of guys a really great group of friends uh, he's also a really nice guy same uh, thing with Jason well <laughs> not in 2015 at our first yeah. iron halo <laughs> right, mistakes right. were made yeah hey, hey but, uh, can i can i plug his podcast real quick pablo is that okay Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm occasionally on it. Brian doesn't like me on it because I tell the truth a lot. And uh, Pablo's actually been on. So oh, okay. true. Oh, he's probably been on more than me, Brian. Just I'm kind of hurt about that. <laughs> oh my god! Spit out your point. <laughs> so anyway, if if you guys want to listen to uh, really what happened at the 2015 Iron Halo and how I Ooh. grew into becoming a TO, check take a look at or take a listen to uh, Brian's very first. Po- episode of the flying monkeys wargaming podcast and you'll understand the levels of anger in a 40k game from ice cream machine to gary Busey, and so it is hilarious <laughs> but, <Yeah>. okay <laughs> so so back to uh back to jason um who was a pillar of his community thank you um humble a very humble too. A humble, humble pillar of his community. Uh, a pillar Jason. or pile. Let's. <laughs> so, 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 Jason. Uh, not only, not only is Jason a part of a church group. He, J- Jason is a is is a. I, I know religion is a very important part of Jason's life, as I saw last time, and obviously the Rock Ministries is um, is. Uh, it's yeah, it's ministry. awesome. It's awesome. Uh, uh, awesome. At youth, uh, at youth ministry for for just yeah. lots of kids and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. If uh, take go to our website and you can take a look at uh, what On the Rock does, and and it's right. just an awesome place. People actually, uh, the really cool thing is people that came to the uh, our tournament last year said they're going to come back because we run an event here at On the Rock. And right, and it's a great venue and it's a great organization. Uh, so the the point is 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 not to convert you or to or to get you to go to on the rock ministries, but is to let you guys know that Jason is a part of a, a larger community, a whole community that help each other, right? And he he doubled down with that by by becoming a member of the Midwest tournament, the Midwest GT tournament TO group, essentially, which is which is a group of TOs who run events in the Midwest. Uh, we mentioned a couple of them kind of already on this podcast. Uh, and I've mentioned them on the podcast before, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time there. Uh, but Jason immediately uh, kind of attached himself to these large communities of 40k players, and then just started helping them out, scratching backs, getting his back scratched, 
uh, and then from it there built the Iron Halo. <laughs> well, and you have to, you know, it's yes. that I think I think RTTs are meant to be, you know, building your community at a local level. Yes. You know, if we run a we run a 40k tournament of some sort every month in our in our city, you know, we're in a we're in a metro area of half a million people. And uh, we basically there's there's two big shops in town where everybody plays GW and both the shops work together. And one month, one shop will do their event and the next month, the other shop will do their event. So everybody's encouraged to attend, you know, and that's how you kind of get the local community involved is through RTTs. And I think if you want to run a tournament and you want to be a GT and you want to have that big tournament that people show up to, you have to support other events. Mm -hmm. So you have to reach beyond your community and, you know, go to things like, you know, I've been to Iron Halo, uh, you know, two of the three years it's been here. And I've been to other tournaments and you have to basically go to those events and support those events. We've taken terrain to Iron Halo. You know, we've taken terrain to other events. And uh, if you want your region to grow and, and attend your GT, you have to go attend their GTs. You have to go attend their events. And, you know, so that's that's one of the first steps, I think, is you need to network outside of your local community. You need to stop just thinking it like that. You know, if I just have this tournament, all these local guys are going to turn out. And, and be willing to go outside of your comfort zone and go to these other events and talk to these other TOs and, and make everybody else know you, get to get to see you, see that you're a decent person, and be willing to come to your event based on their experience with you being at their event. So, yeah. so Brian, that's, a, that's Brian, a good first yeah. step. Yeah, Brian, you nailed it on the head. And as the great the great and mighty Rhesius would say, a rising tide raises all ships. So I believe that's a, a long more thing, actually. The it's a high tide raises all ships. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. It's a great saying. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, reset it, so it must be amazing. Because uh, <laughs> you know we know he listens to this. So anyway, the uh, the thing is, is it's okay. Like, if you're trying to be competitive and say, hey, my event's going to get more numbers than you, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's that can only take you so far. But like what Brian said, if, if you're willing to travel to those events, like bring terrain, even make some terrain to give to those guys. Uh, that's, that's like, Hey, this guy's investing in our event. So let's invest in his. Right. And, and also you begin get really good friends. And that's, uh, that's all of, that's honestly, I think what 40 K is all about. And so, so we're going to segue that into, um, the first of three things I think you guys need to do to become a, a TO of a large 40 K event. And that's to have a TO mentality. And so what I mean by that is to, have the mentality of a leader, someone who is selfless, someone who puts communities before selfishness, uh, someone who thinks about others and what they might want to get out of their community, someone who is inclusive, uh, and someone who is accepting of other people's lifestyles and and beliefs. When it comes to the forty k, the game of forty k specifically, uh, and and so a good a good example of that is someone like Reese, right? So I, I know Reese gets a lot of flack online, but one thing that I, I definitely love about working for Reese and working with Reese uh, in terms of the LVO is he's such an accepting, like he's such an accepting leader. Right. So, so anytime, uh, if there's someone like someone who hates the ITC, right. Let, let's say there's a, a, a player or a TO who hates the ITC and emails Reese, Oh, you're ruining the game. Blah, blah, blah. Happens all the time. Reese never gets angry with them. And if that person were to come around a month later and say, Hey Reese, can I come to the LVO? Reese will, happily extend the grapevine and and give sell that guy a ticket or, or give that guy a, tick, a discount if he needed to or or whatever whatever reese needs to do because reese understands that that to in order to build a community at large you 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 can't 
take things personally and you can't sweat the small stuff and you have to put your ego and selfishness aside. That, and, and that's something I've always admired about. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of that, you know, it's, you're dealing with large groups of people. Right. And if your goal is to think that you're going to please all those people without them, you know, yeah. getting upset or mad about something, you're, you're really setting yourself up for failure. And when people do get upset or people do say those things or whatever, you just have to not take them personally. You, know, you have to listen to it weigh it and uh, decide how you're going to act on it and just not take it as a personal attack. And, you know, and sometimes you can also get some good enough feedback that you improve something based on some of the crappy stuff someone might say about what you're doing. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and the teal, teal mentality goes kind of beyond that too. Uh, If you're in, for example, in the RTT scene, I'm going to give an example, uh, an analogy of something that happened to a friend of mine without using any names, of course. Uh, Basically, long story short, there was a rules dispute, and it escalated to the point where the cops had to be called. It was that oh bad. Oh, my. Right, and this was at an RTT. This was not at a large event. This is an RTT. And this you was sure this ago. wasn't 2015 Iron Halo? It sounds <laughs> very similar to it. You didn't so, have to call the cops. I took a walk. So, so <laughs> The cop so, was right um, there. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was... Brian's... Brian, anyways. So what, what happened was... Uh, was was as I as I uh, probed into this little for this incident a little further uh, because I was just starting my podcast. I want I, and this was happened so close to to where I live and where my community is um, that I, I was concerned, right? So as I probed deeper, I found out that the TO was playing a ringer game in their tournament, and instead of of addressing this rules dispute, they they kind of just kind of like. I'm playing a ringer game, handle it like adults. They took kind of that mentality, right? So, so, so they, they, they took like a, a, like roll, first off, roll the dice, roll the dice off. Oh, it didn't work. You guys are still arguing. Handle it like adults, guys. I'm playing a game with a ringer guy. And, and, and I, as you heard Jason, and I'm sure Brian's thinking the same thing, that that's not the right mentality is, is a TO or someone with a TO mentality would have to put the, the event and everyone's comfort in the event first. So, so you know, even if it's something like, sorry, guy who played the ringer game, I we need to stop this game and I need to go address this and I need to be a leader of my community. That's what you need to do. So so that's it, it really does take a special kind of someone to run these kind of events. Well, it's, it does. And, and like you said, you need to put those expectations out front. You know, right. if you're TOing an event and you're playing the ringer, you know, anybody that sits down at the table with you should know, like, you know, hey, man. You've got the W. I'm the ringer. Uh, I might have to go handle this. Just be patient with me. And I don't think anybody would be, you know, offended or mad if you had to go handle the rules of suit. They're going to get the W out of it anyway. So it's, uh, you know, it's you got to set the expectation of what your role is and, and let people know what your role is. And if you go and fill it and they complain, they just, they, they really don't have much of a reason because you laid it out for them clearly. Yeah. On top of and that, I, I, oh. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, you know, like even even at an RTT level, you can learn a lot. You know, we had a guy here who owned a shop who, you know, like you talked about the ringer, you know, there was an odd number of players and uh, this guy wouldn't let the odd number of player play because he wanted to play in the tournament. You know, it was his shop, his his tournament, and uh, he wanted to play in it. And someone showed up that couldn't play. And instead of him taking a knee and uh, letting that person get in on the action, you know, he ran them out. And to this day, people still talk about that, and that happened a few years ago. You know, so you can cause a lot of bad will for for not being selfless or being selfish or thinking of your own gaming motivations, like Pablo said a little bit earlier, and, uh, you know, and, and really cause some ill will for years to come if you do it in the right context. It's... Go ahead, Jason. No, I lost my train of thought. 
Oh, that's it, not unusual. It's actually not unusual. I had something really profound, and then uh, my humility kicked in and let let Brian talk. <laughs> but ditto, Brian, you're stealing all my thunder. Okay. Another another thing is is I talk about being accepting earlier, um, and what that means, and I see this a lot, especially in the 40k community, because I'm such a I'm so in tune with it. I talk to so many people, and it is tribalism and accepting other people so so uh if you look online um i'm sure in, in the daca the depths of the daca daca forums or the warmer community facebook page or wherever you'll find a lot of hate for the itc and for tournament players in general uh and you'll you'll find a lot of factionism tribalism he said she said all that good stuff and if you want to run an rtt and if you want to run a successful rtt gt open uh you kind of have to set all that stuff aside you kind of have to really accept you know um that, that there are people who, who want to play game. Maybe there's people in your area who like playing ETC missions or ITC or whatever. You can still pick the best format for your community and allow those people to come in. Perfect mm-hmm. example, Adepticon Age of Sigmar this year. They broke records with their the number of people with their Age of Sigmar Adepticon champs. They, they had over 100 people, which is which is huge for an Age of Sigmar event. It was, it was the largest Age of Sigmar singles event. Uh, maybe even the largest event, period. Uh, and I know for a fact that that the the guys who run the Adepticon team are, are very vocally against the ITC. Now, for whatever reason, I, I harbor no resentment against them. And I'm, I'm by no means I'm not telling you guys to go out there and attack them. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, what I'm saying is 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 they have they have their own established established belief system and everything. But they also ran this very successful event, and they allowed people who played in the ITC to come to their event. They didn't care they're like hey we're not going to run itc we don't like that that's cool they also didn't go around and start start spewing their beliefs and, and pushing them on other people and disallowing people who who played in that event you know joe crier who's number one in the itc right now in age of sigmar he went to adepticon championships uh andrew who, who won the age of sigmar lvo event two years in a row he went to the adepticon age of sigmar championships and those are those are pillars of the itc community and they were at the adepticon Age of Sigmar tournament, even though the Adepticon TOs don't necessarily agree with what the ITC does, that's fine. But but that's that's the kind of mentality you need to have. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's definitely right. I mean, it goes even past you know factions of ITC. I hate ITC versus I love ITC. I mean, it's even like uh, the guy that hasn't taken a shower in three days. It's so. I mean, you got to be accepting of that guy too. I mean, you can still keep your distance, right? Oh no! You can tell that guy to go wash his ass. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a, and then that's another fine line, right? Is, is how do you, how do you get people to come to your event, even though you're known for having unscrupulous players? I know Reese just, just like allows anyone. Like, there's people, there are people who flat out will tell, email Reese and be like, hey, or more myself or Frankie, be like, hey, I am not going to the LVO if you let Aaron Along come to the LVO, and we're like. We're going to let you come to the LVO if you want to come. If you don't want to come, cool. But we're also going to let Aaron Elon come to the LVO. We're going to let whoever come to the LVO because we're, we're going to be inclusive and not exclusive. Yeah, right? that's that, that's kind of the thing, though. That's like the, you know, the the sticking your finger in the leaky dam type of deal. Right. You know, if you, if you do that, if you do, do that for that one, you know, that one person, you end up having to do it for everybody. Yep. And, you know, there's ways that TOs can handle that. Jason and I have talked about it on another podcast. And, and um, Brian, has, has anybody ever told you that as well? Like, told me what? Like, hey, if this guy goes, I'm not going to show up. 
I've heard it. I, you know, I've also I've also heard if you you know, and I we've we've got a guy here locally who hates ITC, doesn't like ITC, won't come to an What's event that's ITC. Uh, I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs> but but <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, Duncan. It's yeah, Dunkalicious. Nah, he he's going to ITC. But you know, this guy has you know repeatedly every time we have an event, you know, our our RTTs we report to the ITC. You know, and he'll get on there and be like, you know, well, I would have came, you know, if it, but it's ITC and, and F them, you know, and I, I'm like, dude, I don't get it. Like, you know, we, you can play whatever you want. We're just reporting the points for the guys that like to participate. You know, it's, you can come and be, you know, Joe Smo nobody. And, you know, the guy refuses to come because the events are all ITC. And it's like, I'm not going to stop running ITC RTTs just because he refuses to come. You know, because then I'm going to lose the guys that want the points and I can't bend over backwards and, and accommodate that guy. And then the people that's like, I'm not going to be there if this guy's there. It's like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, I want you to know that you're welcome. And if you choose not to go, you know, that's your choice. You can't you can't custom tailor, you know, all those accommodations right. for someone because a lot of people will just have you bend in every which way. And you can't run a successful event like that. You just can't. And that that actually speaks on so many different levels. Like, for example, uh, I have had people tell me, I'm not going to go to your event because you're not going to rule, have a make a ruling this way, or you're not going to let this faction or this codex in. The most hilarious thing is they buy a ticket and they show up to the event. And then in my head, I think, hmm, didn't you say you weren't going to come to my event because I wasn't going to let you play with your, with like your certain models, but you're here. So right. that's when the humility aspect of me comes in, where I just don't say anything. Uh, yeah. But but as a starting, uh, like running your own events, people are gonna try to push you and see what they can get away with. Uh, just follow your gut, and if you have, there's a situation that you need help with, you know, contact Brian, myself, or even contact Pablo, and they will help you straighten that out. Nine ten, nine nine times out of ten. Just trust your gut with your first instinct, and you will most like you'll be right. You'll be right. Yeah, especially if you adopt a TO mentality. If you if you come from that point of selflessness and community building, uh, and then you design your tournament so that it feels that way, uh, your tournament will grow if you if you stick to your guns. Uh, that's, I can't. That's brilliant advice, Jason. Um, I mean, it's you know what? It's just humility and action right there. <laughs> Um, so good god hubris you spelled hubris wrong so so um so the the to mentality that's the first thing i think i think you need uh the second thing you need and this is this is kind of kind of ties in a little bit with what we said earlier at the volunteers thing is you need a community in the first place you need you need people right so so if you if you're um this is kind of going more towards the marketing aspect of of running your event um kind of the 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 seo and all that stuff so if you're if you're having a hard time and i think this is where tos have the hardest time and luckily it's, it's where i think i kind of specialize in um if you're having a hard time cu- having people come to your event let's say you've been running an event in rtt for 10 years and you're just you're just not you're just not doing it like you you're doing the right you're doing everything right you're, you know there might be a couple bad eggs in your community but in general you should have a thriving community and you don't know what's going on um you know, th- consider looking at what your event has to offer to other people. 
Um, consider looking at who you're advertising to. Are you on Facebook? Are you in local Facebook groups? Are you going online? Are you are you talking to Chapter Tactics to get your your to your tournament advertised? Uh, look at who's coming to your event. Um, if you if you want a good easy way to get like three or four extra people per person to come to your event, invite ITC teams and not just one guy. So uh, if you if you notice that uh, Nick Natavati and Sean Naden or or someone is in your area, maybe offer them a free ticket and be like, hey, if you come, and then they might bring their Beast Coast or their ITC team friends, right? And then mm-hmm. they'll come. I- invite invite family, invite uh, make your event more family friendly. You know, say, hey, uh, the, it's going to close at six o'clock, so you can go out with your wife and enjoy the si- the city, what the city has to offer. That's that's another very important thing you can consider. Um, so just on top of those things, uh, in terms of advertising, if you want very specific stuff, I would suggest emailing me um, because there's that's a whole nother like honestly that's a whole nother podcast and it's not quite mm-hmm. relevant to what to what this podcast brings. Um, but but in short, when you advertise and and you want to get people to come to your event, um, I'd say the number one thing is to look at look locally always and then expand from there when you're advertising. Yeah, yeah and it's like you said, you're not going to be able to do it overnight. And you do have to, it's something, you can't really skip those steps. You do need a local community. You need local guys to be able to support you or else you're not going to be able to go above me on that. You know, it's, you know, I want to, actually, I want to interject there real quick. You know, from a local perspective, it just blows my mind uh, that there's literally maybe 20 people here in Bartlesville that just play locally. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everybody else drives at least one hour to get here. And so, yeah. uh, what I what I attribute that to is uh, the quality, like the quality of the event, the um, the way you market it, and then the reputation that has been built uh, through the years. And and that goes on. I mean, that goes on the aspect of the like advertising, you know, helping other events grow, like helping Flying Monkey, helping Midwest Conquest, you know, just all those stuff. And it's, uh, I think, if you do it with a smile. I think, uh, and people people notice that you actually enjoy running your event. Uh, they're going to come back, and they're going to say they had a, a great time. Okay, uh, in in terms of marketing, Jason. So so let's say uh, someone someone is trying to get more people to come to their event from mm-hmm. outside locally, mm-hmm. right? How do you how other than the rubbing elbows and going to the shows? Is there anything else you did marketing wise to get people to come to the Iron Halo? Yep, I knew that uh, I would only have at least twenty people locally to come to the Iron Halo, so I knew that I had to have like a heavy Facebook presence, and I'd had to have content that people would want to see. And I haven't done any, I haven't done any paid advertising on Facebook. All of, all of this has been growing organically. But what I do is I post. I was posting three times a week, you know, up until about a month before the tournament, and then I would post every day. Uh, but what I post is something like a quick video of like what I'm working on. For example, I'd be doing a, a video on purity seals, and I would, even though the process for me takes maybe you know three or four days to actually construct a purity seal, I, I would break it out into small like one or two minute segments. Where it's like, oh, okay, we're printing the purity seal. Okay, I just show, and I just talk, and then I would show it. Oh, the purity seal is done printing. I'm gonna pop it off the printer, and these are all 3D printed, by the way. Uh, and and I would just show that. And Mine would, were hand sculpted. <laughs> you know what? Yours were amazing. 
Thank you. I'm just going to leave it at that. Was that humility? That was definitely this? humility you're showing. <laughs> I loved yours. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, before Brian rudely interrupted me, uh, but create content that your uh, people want to see, and and you know don't be afraid to share it to other Facebook groups. Um, I think the biggest stumbling block for people is being afraid to you know uh, share your content or share your post. You know, people want to know about it. And in time, uh, you know, people are going to be coming to you and asking you, hey, how did you do this? How did you do that? And what's really cool is I've had people ask, how did you do the streaming or how did you do the purity seals? It's like, well, I created a video. Here it is. And I didn't have to write anything out because I've already created a video on how I did everything. And so, but that's uh, just get started and, and, and just start, start marketing. I mean, I mean, that's for the small tournaments, Brian. Would you say that's kind of the same concept for you, too? Yeah, you know, you just, uh, I believe so. You know, and and the thing is, like, you and I have a pretty good relationship outside of the crap talk that we're giving each other today, (laughs) you know, but there's a lot of back and forth that you and I do, you know, hey, how'd you handle this? You know, hey, what do you think about this? And if you get a, if you establish a relationship with another TO who, you know, Jason ran a bigger, GT is GT still bigger than ours, you know, but we're both majors and, you know, so he, I trust his judgment. You know, there's a lot of stuff I ask him that I think is good advice. You know, I don't necessarily follow or agree with it, but it's nice getting his feedback. And so I feel offended. (laughs) No, you don't. But (laughs) just, you know, that's the thing is like, if you can get outside the region and develop the relationship with another TO even. You know, you guys can bounce things back and forth off of each other. You know, hey, how'd this work? How'd that work? And then promote each other's stuff. Like, I let Jason come on the podcast. Um, you know, he's pretty much just a member of my podcast now. He's been on so much because, you know, him promoting the Iron Halo Aww. in return, you know, helps me promote the monkey. Because anybody that deals with him and Iron Halo is going to know that we, he works with us hand in hand. So, you know, the promotion goes both way there. So, you know, just if you can get those relationships and give out the free tickets, like Pablo said, that's one thing all that these groups in the Midwest did was if you went to Midwest Conquest, there was a chance to win a free ticket to Flying Monkey. You know, if you went to Iron Halo, you, there was a chance to win a ticket to Flying Monkey. If you went to Marsh Madness, chance to win a ticket to Flying Monkey. You know, so all these tournaments that, you know, you're basically giving them private support of, you know, how much ever your ticket's worth as an easy way to promote your tournament, you know, and you got to be there to give away that ticket. So get your butt to the tournament, you know, give away the ticket, talk about your event. Everybody gets to see your face and get to know you, um, get to know that you're okay. And uh, it's a great way to promote. So, you know, develop those relationships outside of your region, you know, show up at those tournaments, uh, give away tickets, get the word out. You know, it's a good way to spread outside of like above and beyond the RTTs. And, and while you're at so, the tournament, be sure to wear something that says who you belong to, because it doesn't do it doesn't do any good. It's like, oh, who are you with? You know, you could be oh Jason with Iron Halo, but if you wear like Iron Halo short shirts or you know Flying Monkey shirts, people will see that you know the Flying Monkey folks are there, and even if you don't necessarily talk to them. When you do share a post or you do see something on Facebook or social media or on podcast, people will know that you are that ev- at that event. Right. Yeah. And to, to piggyback on what Brian said, this is this is more relevant to, to all TOs across the board. So so for those of you who, who are thinking you're I'm running an RTT, I don't have I don't have this network of t- tournaments, like I understand. There are other smaller things you can do. For example, as Brian said, you can promote prize support online. It's something that I actually see a lot in X Wing. 
uh, because they don't have uh, Fantasy Flight Games doesn't have like a set. You know, they they have their system open series, which they they run themselves. But it's there's not a lot of tournaments, and there's a lot of hunger for X Wing tournaments, especially now with Second Edition X Wing coming out uh, for more independent X Wing tournaments, right? And so what a lot of those guys do, and what I've also seen a lot of people do in different circles as well, is they get custom uh, either terrain or, or templates or whatever have you price support for their event, uh, and they petition uh, outside third-party stores, manufacturers to help out their event. It's something yes. that, that's huge, right? So so just to plug our one of our sponsors of the show, Broken Egg Games. The Broken Egg Games has, in the past, printed custom x-wing templates for other tournaments and, and for broken egg games it's basically advertising they're paying for advertising and it costs them next to nothing to print a couple templates right or whatever they, they print like thousands of them sell they print and sell thousands of x-wing templates or 40k objective markers or whatever daily right so so to them it's just a, a maybe like 20 or 30 dollars worth of product at cost that they'd make for free advertising and for you it's free price support that you can show off like hey look at these vegas themed you know objective markers or these iron halo themed uh life counters or whatever have you whatever you can think of and the only way you're going to do that is by reaching out to local stores local vendors um uh, it's a little bit of networking but if you're if you're smart and you play your cards right and you get the custom price support you you can you can build up an rtt with that as well and of course, you put it online as well. You show it off. Well, let's let's take it down to an RGT level real quick. You know, the the local stores here. Uh, basically, you can you know go talk to the guy that owns the store. Go talk to the guy that's in charge, and talk about running the events. You know, basically, whatever entry fee we charge uh, goes back to the players as price support. So if if they get you know twenty people that paid fifteen bucks, you know that money goes back to the players and store credit. And so, like, the stores love having us in there running the RTT because if a guy gets a $15, you know, prize for best sportsman and uh, he's going to go buy a $50 box set, you know, and so that guy not only gets a $15 for entry, you know, he might sell that 30 some extra dollars in the box set above and beyond just by having you in there selling. So it's a mutual relationship with the store owner. So if you if you're nervous about that kind of thing or you don't think that, you know, they would go for it, you know, just have a talk with them and and explain it and say, hey, listen, if we charge, you know, 15 bucks a person, 10 bucks a person and you give it back to us in prize support, you know, these people will buy from you to make up the difference for whatever whatever store credit they get. And and it it really works out well for the store owners. It works out well for you. Um, You know, and that's a small way to get started, you know, a little bit uh, drilling down a little bit below what Pablo was talking about. So. Yeah, and and if you, uh, I, I think actually I think Brian hit, hit the net, and so so I guess we'll move on. We're going to still keep on topic with with advertising for your event and and kind of getting people hype up for your event. Uh, in terms of prize support, I I see ton prize support is where almost all the events differ in some way or another. I see tons of of different things: store credit, custom markers, a lot of prizes, not a lot of prizes, uh, etc. What do you what do you what are your theories and 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 i guess uh opinions on on how price support or how price support works for your events specifically for both of you man fly monkey con we had a ton of stuff um you know i'm not i i've been a gt player for a while i've had good gts i've had bad gts um you know but the last time i won a gt was over a decade ago so it's been a bit but it's uh you know i feel that people 
come to a tournament, they want a good experience, they want to feel a certain way. So I want as much prize support as possible, and, and I want it spread out as much as possible. You know, I think if you have, you know, 60 people come to your event, and like two people walk away with huge prizes and everybody else gets nothing, you know, it can leave a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And, and I've seen tournaments ran that way where, you know, first person gets $500 cash, you know, other person gets, you know, this this four hundred dollars worth of stuff and everybody else thanks for coming out today and, and a lot of people are just like man i'm not going back to that you know i'm not the, the odds of me getting anything and walking away from there are, are slim so you know my personal philosophy in running the con is contacting those sponsors like you talked about you know hitting up the local stores um taking some of the monies from tickets and buying a decent amount of prize support and then finding a way to spread those prizes around you know doing random drawings uh, have prizes for things like furthest traveled, you know, just stuff that traditionally, you know, if you're only given like the first and second people, a lot of stuff, I think you have a lot of people that walk away disappointed. So that's my philosophy. And, you know, last year, I do think one of the things that we had really good at flying monkey con was we had tables and tables of, of prize support for people and everybody commented about it, enjoyed it. And a lot of people walked away with stuff, whether they had the best you know, the best win-loss record or, you know, they were on the, the, the kitty tables with the people that weren't winning many games. They still walked yeah. away with something. Yeah, I think the random prizes are kind of where uh, the players that aren't as competitive really feel like they have a chance at winning something. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge – I'm the same mindset as Brian. It was, it, Brian is like give out as much prize support as possible and, and just, you know, give it to – I like more giving it to the, the random folks than, you know, the, um, you know, I guess, I guess you could say the performance based prizes. Uh, I do, what I like to do is I like to do a reverse drawing where we put like the lower end prizes out first. And then, so if you get a, get a prize at the beginning of the tournament, well, I'm sorry, you got like some wound counters, you know, uh, and then you leave the higher end stuff at the end. So for example, we have some awesome, uh, frontline gaming, uh, carrying trays and mats. And we'll probably be giving those out day two uh, to some to uh, eight lucky folks. So uh, you know, just leave your pri- leave your really good prizes at the end. Um, we also like uh, this was brought up to me uh, by a good friend of mine, and he was actually attending Flying Monkey Con. And what he really liked about it is that at Flying Monkey Con, they gave uh, trophies away. Uh, for each faction or I think for maybe first and second place and what he really had liked is that um, those folks um, uh, what he really liked is that you know that he got recognition and so he had something that he, that he could put on his mantle so w- what we've done is we've actually printed a whole bunch of faction uh, plaques uh, we have 20 I think 22 or 24 different factions that we'll be awarding at the Iron Halo on top of that, we've made uh, a first, second, third uh, place plaques for best general, best overall, best painted, and even best sport. So, uh, Brian, weren't you the lucky recipient for best sport last year? I was the best sportsman last year. So, yeah. What did you do to get best sport? I don't remember exactly. I gave my opponents a friendly gaming experience, and they left with the feel good. Did you bribe people? people? Yeah, yeah that's cigars, what I thought. And then... And then Listen, maybe some whiskey. When he received his prize, he flipped us all off. I do remember that. I remember. <laughs> no, 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 no. I flipped Cody Middleton off. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's different. Um, and, 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 and I have a verified... You can talk to John Champ. Uh, he's up in the Minnesota with those renegade folks. Uh, 
he uh, his statement to me was, "I was going to vote for you being best sportsman before you gave me the cigar." So, oh. yeah. well, that's one person. <laughs> I don't know. You had but, six other, five other other opponents that you had to convince. I I'm not uh, buying it. I'm not buying it, Brian. I think I'm just a pleasure to play against. That's uh, that's what I'm looking at. So, um, you know, <laughs> back to the to prize get, sport. Yeah, to get back I, to I had the topic. A, I want to. I got a thought. I want to get out before we get past this. Um, you know, I know it's great to have these top level guys. You know, the 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 Trent Northingtons, the the Matt Roots, uh, those fellows at your tournaments. Uh, it's great because they're big names. You know, people hear about it. The teams get out there to support them. Um, but really, the the majority of where you're going to make your money in ticket sales are those dudes that want to get out of the house and or dudes or gals whichever that want to get out of the house and have five or six games of warhammer on a weekend you know they don't really care if they're in the top tables they want to play to win a couple games and uh they're what's filling out the bulkier tournament and uh and i think you have to when you're doing your prize support you're doing your prize support considerations you know like like we talked about with the random prizes the way when you spread those out and you give them out randomly or you find creative ways to award things you know uh you you really make those guys that are in the middle tables or those guys that are you know kind of gatekeepers that aren't on the top tables that they're just there to get their five or six games you know have an even better experience and that encourages yeah. them to come back again and buy another ticket you know because they felt included they felt like they were part of it that we weren't just focusing on these top four or five guys that you know were picked to win and uh, they still had a shot to come out and get something and just enjoy their weekend doing what they do and you took the words almost literally right out of my mouth um Brian, I, I was he does that saying the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with his tongue, by the way. Yes, with his tongue <laughs> and mouth. Um, but but as Brian said, I'm never taking you to Korean again, Jason. <laughs> to expand, on, it to was delicious. That, we had cat. Even, <laughs> to expand on that even more, because uh, Brian's right, you got to focus on who your customers are, right? So so there's always there's a whole sales you know essays and classes dedicated to just finding who your audience is or finding who your customer base is well as a to the, those guys they're they're your customer base they're they're the people that you are gearing your event towards is those middle of the round guys because I, i'm gonna let you in on a little secret and something we we always laugh about and talk about at, at, at frontline gaming but it's very very true so those top guys are gonna keep going to events they're gonna keep going to those mm-hmm. events whether whether you you mistreat them or not, there there's there's one guy who goes to all of our all of our events, every single one, SoCal and LVO, and BAO, and he complains or finds something to complain about at every single one. It it is it is ridiculous. Every after every BAO, SoCal and LVO, we'll get the email that we always expect, long, complicated. There was this 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 and this wrong with your event. Very concise. I you know we like the guy. He's a very nice guy. He always has something very, very negative to say about our events, but he keeps coming to every single one. You know, I, I don't think I've ever heard him say a positive thing about any of our events, but he comes to every single one. And, and you know, that's those are the kind of guys that, that you, you don't have to worry about. You just you you build it and they will come. Right. And the, those are mm-hmm. those are also the, a lot of the top players, too. And so you, you want to you want to. uh incentivize your middle of the road your your bulk and majority of players to come in one way or another and, and another th- cool thing is is if you're worried about bringing top players to your event if you make your event an itc event and you have a lot of people come you're going to have a lot of people from out of town coming to your event just kind of randomly it, it just it just happens organically 
Like, for example, uh, Matt Root is coming out this year to the Iron Halo. Uh, last year, when he won the Iron Halo, it was part of his ITC uh, campaign, I guess you could say, his ITC mm-hmm. championship mm-hmm. campaign. And Matt went to, I think, 12, 13 events, something ridiculous, right? And you guys, like, the Iron Halo got a piece of that Matt Root pie, that Matt Rutt pie. That was delicious. <laughs> Matt is a great guy. Great right. opponent, really tough. And and for, for Matt Root, Matt Rutt, uh, you know, there were a ton of other ITC contenders who and competitors who also went to the Iron Halo who, who have also been to tons of events, right? Like Tyler DeVries, he was there. Uh, I was there. Uh, Matt Rutt was obviously there. There was um, there was Cody Middleton. Cody Middleton was 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 up there in the mix. Um, I'm Trent, uh, Sam Trent Henley, Northing, Trent Northington, Sam Henley. Thank you, yep. uh, Bruce. Bruce, our Baxter Seguin. Sorry, I called yep. him Bruce. <laughs> Seguin. I call him he, he was Baxter there. Seguin. Anyway, that's the inside. <laughs> ba- Baxter. Baxter was there. Uh, you know, there there were more people. I I'm I'm no, I'm missing a couple names, but the point is, is that. Like those guys were all there, and the, those guys also brought their buddies, right? They they also brought their their really good, their really good, their teammates, and, and of course, because because those guys know those those I don't want to call them career tournament players, but those um those guys who consistently go to tournaments that we all have a system, right? So like I, when I go to a tournament, I go with Reese or Frankie, may, maybe my buddy James, maybe some people from Relentlessly, but I usually don't go alone. I usually bring two or three guys. We carpool. We have a great time. We eat dinner afterwards. Yep. And that's when I travel to tournaments. And I know Jason and Brian do the same thing. And I know that those guys, I know for a fact, those guys, Matt Rutt, uh, you know, Nick Nadavati, Sean Naden, I know those guys probably don't travel to events alone. They probably bring buddies. Or they if they go to events, they know that they're going to know people there who, who are going to those events too. Yeah. yeah. And, I got a that, perfect, perfect example for that. Uh, go so, Jason. Uh, last year or this past year, I went to you know, uh, LVO to play. My orc list did terrible, but that wasn't the point. I was, I uh, I decided to go alone because no one from the from my area was going to go, and uh, I found out that the uh, the Warhogs were also going, and it was really cool because uh, I thought I was just going to have like a weekend, you know, kind of by myself in Vegas, maybe helping the tos uh, set up everything. But uh, the Warhogs kind of adopted me, and I just hung out with them all weekend, and it was I tell you what. If it wasn't for that team of people that I got to hang out with, it probably wouldn't have been one of my best experiences of 40k in my life. He never would have gone to Delvio again. We yeah, would have gotten an angry true. email. Yeah, angry email saying everything was wrong. Right, nothing was right. And <laughs> uh, this is all on the topic of of hyping up your event and getting people to come to your event, getting mm-hmm. warm bodies in the door. Uh, hopefully, we weren't. I feel hopefully we we stayed kind of on topic there. It wouldn't jump around a whole lot. Um, in my opinion, but finally, the the last thing we'll talk about before we close out the show is material, physical things you need. And this is this is including terrain. This includes mats, tables, space, your area. You have room mm-hmm. for all these guys. Uh, location, all the stuff that that needs to work to physically have your event, right? Um, there, there's a lot here, so so I'm just gonna throw out the first thing you need is terrain um mm-hmm. especially for 40k events and mm-hmm. and actually for most tabletop games you need you need something to put on the board for players to to play with or to to know that this is their area this is their spot uh and brian turned off his mute because i feel like brian's gonna jump right in here he's got something to say <laughs> yeah i mean but if you're war machine then you talked you, talk, just you talked about the players that 
bitch and complain about an event, there is nothing that will make players bitch about an event quicker than terrain. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. You could have, you know, the worst price port, uh, start late, be disorganized, and, and if you had good terrain on the table, I think most people would not give a shit. And um, I mean, look at the London GT. They had all yes. of those things, and people complained most about the terrain. Right. There's uh-huh. nothing that will get players complaining quick. Because what do people, the first thing, if you ever just get bored and you get to a GT early someday, just watch people come in. The first thing they do is go around and look at terrain on tables. They don't walk over to see what price sports there. They don't see what's going on. They look around and see what kind of terrain are on the tables to see how their, their event or their weekend's going to go. Actually, Brian, the first thing they do is they look around and look at the terrain so that they can immediately place their display boards on the table and displace all your hard work. That's the first thing they do. Yes, is, I is stand there, corrected. Where, where, where is yes. the table with the most terrain? And then where can I place my display board on the table so that it disrupts the most of, amount of terrain on the table that I possibly can? And then I go to all the other tables and look at the terrain. Your your theory is correct. I think it's fact. <laughs> so it's. Uh... Uh, but 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 yeah, absolutely one hundred percent correct. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. Whether you're playing Star Wars Legion, X-Wing, well, not X-Wing so much, but Star, Star Wars Legion, uh, 40k, War Machine and Hordes, even though War Machine and Hordes gets a lot of slack, terrain is, is by far the hardest thing to get going at, for any miniature war game. It is just, it's it's hard. I get it. And a, a lot of people, a lot of people, that's that's what keeps their, their event from hitting the next level is terrain. Right. Well, now I'm going to I'm going to go back to those relationships that we talked about the first episode. You know, don't be afraid to reach out to those people you have relationships. Exactly. With. You know, we take terrain to Jason. Jason brings terrain to us. You know, if, if if people know that the monkeys are coming to a tournament, you can ask us for a few tables and we'll we'll be happy to oblige. We'll come with mats and, you know, enough to deck out a few tables for you. And everybody in the Midwest region is really good about doing that. You know, you can count on. You know, planning your tables and just hit up the other local TO or not the local TOs, but the regional TOs and say, hey, I need this many tables. Can you bring them up? And uh, I've never had anybody say no. But, and we've but, never told anybody no. But let's say you're like you're like Battlezone Ursa uh, in Anchorage, Alaska, an event I was privileged to attend at a great time. Uh, they're a very small community. Uh, they don't there's not a lot of networking. Um, there's basically just two stores that could fund the whole the whole event. Uh, and the, their TOs have to basically just scrounge up terrain. Like they might have a guy or two who brings like the terrain out of their garage or their basement. Um, but if you're if you're one of those guys who who are in that kind of small rural area or you don't have the network or connection that Brian has uh, or, or any of the Midwest TO guys have, fear not. There's yeah. there's lots there's... of dirt cheap good options. Yeah. So. Um, Go ahead, Jason. I yeah, you're gonna take I'm really away, excited because this is like my first my first year. Uh, I had a newborn, and we had the Gerber Puffs cans. A popular, I think oh, you're really familiar yeah, with these cans. We, we actually mentioned this earlier a while ago. Yeah, but uh, I basically uh, so my first year, I my kiddo was eating a whole bunch of these, so I used these. I I uh, cut out a triangle and cardboard, and I put three in the middle or three on the corners, and then I put. Um, uh, was it like pillow stuffing that had been painted black to look like smoke in the middle? And there was your line of sight blocking terrain. Super cheap. I was already using it. It was so cheesy, too. So cheesy. And, and, and here's the thing. If you're worried about looks, I understand. I understand aesthetics and worrying about having terrain. So here's kind of the, the, the golden secret to, to having functional terrain 
cheap functional terrain and getting away with it, have a few tables with nice terrain. I, I think any I think any TO RTT runner worth his salt can put out at least one or two good tables of terrain, good looking nice yes. tables of terrain. I, I'm I'm hundred percent sure of it. Right, and if you can't do that, you should probably reevaluate your weekends or your your weekends every month. Right, so you do that first. Put out your good solid, your top tables, whatever you want to call them. Those good pieces of tables. Then your spray painted styrofoam. You, then you <laughs> just use functional. You just use functional terrain. And and here's the thing: you 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 laugh about spray painted styrofoam, and I I get it, right? But Nova terrain is not pretty. It, it is widely regarded as not the prettiest terrain ever. It's but it's functional. It, right. it is functional foam terrain, and Nova says. Nova is very very clear about about what what they're gonna give you. They're gonna give you a a good tournament experience with functional terrain that won't affect the game, and also they have nice tables at Nova. They, I've seen them; they exist. They just don't have as many as the functional terrain. But most importantly, it's all standardized. It all it all functions the same way. That and that's all you need. You you don't have to have. A, a gorgeous you don't have to have what the lvo has which is every table just looking absolutely gorgeous and matching its mat i understand that it can be daunting you can have the majority of your tables be this functional you know which means you have to have line of sight blockers you have to have runes of some kind you have to you have to have some kind of area terrain or forest looking type deals you have to have some dynamicness uh and balance to the to the your terrain you also can't have too much or too little if you have all that and it looks terrible, people will still play on it. And you can explain to them, be like, hey, listen, if anyone who complains about terrain and the way your terrain looks at a tournament, just be like, hey, well, why don't you give me a hundred bucks and I'll go ahead, I'll go on the ITC website and buy some of their, some of their terrain and build They're it. awesome terrain. You know, or, 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 or why don't you build me, I've got, I've got an Imperial Sector box at home, why don't you build that for me and paint it up and I'll put it on the table. Nine times out of ten, they're just going to be like, no, like, I'm not going to do that for you. Then you could just say, well, that's what I have to do times all these tables. So so I'm sorry, but it, yeah. you know, we got to be realistic here. Yeah. So you can either join me and we can build this turn up together, or you can stop complaining because I'm doing the best I can here. Yeah. It, 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 you know, that, that's kind of a hard, I know that's kind of a harder stance to take. Um, but in terms of, of people who complain about terrain at events, um, unjustifiably, I, I kind of have kind of a more passionate hard stance on that issue but go ahead jason i mean no that's like just like saying um i mean it goes back to the fact that we talked about people are always gonna have something to, something to complain about and you just gotta like you gotta take it like was my terrain really bad on this table yeah it was but was it good on everything everyone else yeah so i mean you just gotta take it as is and as a to you have to have thick skin for all these stupid complaints that you're gonna get right brian yeah <laughs> <laughs> You just gotta, you know, it's the thing. You don't have to argue with everybody. You know, if they tell you something, you can say, "I appreciate you telling me that." You know, I'll look at look at seeing what we can do about it next year. And most people just want to hear that you you heard their concerns and and you'll address it. And and that's what most people want is just to be acknowledged and at least you know you listen to what they have to say. And and, and nine times out of ten, that's really all that comes out of that. That's good customer service. Mm-hmm. Talk you know, right there, there is too. there is one request I have from my players. There's only one. Actually, there's really two. Number one is have a good time. Number two is if you see something that you don't like, like models or someone's not you know, acting right or whatever, you need to tell us. Because what we don't want to happen is you, <clears throat> after the tournament's over, 
you complain about on Facebook, say, oh, I saw this model with uh, LAS guns that were painted blue, and they were plasma, and we're like, this is the first we're hearing about this. Why are we hearing about this now? You know, you had all weekend to tell us, and we would have pulled those models. So, uh, You would have pulled those models, Jason? I totally would have pulled those models, because... Oh, I played that guy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Pablo, you could have spoke up. <laughs> I know that was my mistake. Well, I, I, to be fair, I, I'm a lot more lenient when it comes to all that stuff. I, I don't. My the models don't all have to be perfect um, for me to have a good time on the table. I, as a matter of fact, I play a lot of games where like the models don't even see the table half the time. They're just like you know sitting in piles. But 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 I come from a different <laughs> mentality. I come from a and I I respect that. Um, also also. Uh, I, I I did I did address I did to in in my in my defense I did address other things um, as well to you at the tournament. So <laughs> no no it's um, fine. But but yeah we have definitely a very hard line stance uh, this year. Right. It's it's uh, any converted model or uh, count as model that really doesn't look like it. It should be a count as or converted model or what it should be. Uh, it will be pulled at the Iron Halo unless you get. Um, approval and you can send all approvals to miniatures at ironhalo.org so i've been approving you know conversions or count as models left and right and just let us know beforehand uh, so there's not an issue but i'm pretty sure brian we're probably going to be pulling some models at the iron halo Uh brian and uh brian's not playing but he's he he'll be helping streaming but uh, oh. don't be that guy. But maybe Duncan, I may pull his uh, three de- Zinch Demon Princes that really aren't Zinch Demon Princes. <laughs> <laughs> and that that that's an excellent point, Jason. Um, it, it it's kind of a more on the uh the second topic, the bringing people to your event and hyping it up. Uh, but if you have strict if you have strict guidelines that people in general accept, like like uh models and stuff, as we found out, it works. Um, so don't be afraid to to pull models if you need to, or to lay down the law. Just kind of a brief little, or thing even like three color minimum. Like, hey, black base coat with three dots is not appropriate. I, I will say that that Game Empire Pasadena out here, uh, their RTTs they don't have very strict. They actually don't have any requirements really. You just kind of like have to have the model ish. Right. You know, you can't right. you can't just bring like a base to represent a knight or whatever, but. They're very, very loose with their rules, um, but to their the, their reasoning for it is is they want as many people to come to the RTCs as possible because the RTTs are all about uh, practicing for the larger events. Yep. And yep. so and so and and that that's actually a lot of how a lot of their RTTs grew to be bigger events is just they had so many people like start coming to the RTTs because they had like almost no restrictions, and then eventually they're like, oh shit, we've got fifty people at this tournament. You know, we're gonna turn it into a major now. So sorry, guys. There's 50 of you guys signed up for it, so bring painted stuff. You don't have to like fully paint your stuff. But bring, and then they kind of slowly built up from there. Um, you know, th- but there's, th- you know, th- there's different ways to run everything. It's it's all it's all very flexible, and there's different styles and, and philosophies. Um, you know, uh, but moving on to to the uh, terrain and aesthetics and all that, and the physical things that you need. Um, I would also say that that having nice tables, just just 
even if you have bad terrain, like having like FLG mats or Realm of Battleboards. God, if you're a millionaire or something. <laughs> Dude, uh, or, I hate uh, Realm of Battleboards. I don't know about I, you. I'm not a fan of those stupid things either. They look cool. I You can say whatever you want about it. I'm contractually obligated to say that they look cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, if you like you like having cock dice all game, they're awesome. Cock. <laughs> or, or like the clack, like. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the model sliding <laughs> off the hill. I yeah. am a fan of the mats. Yeah, yeah. If you can look at, if you can set, if you're setting up your 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 uh, room that you're in, and you can set up every all the tables without the terrain, and just take a look at it, and it looks okay. It looks like a tournament where everything's neat and organized looking. There's not like a giant pile of chairs in the middle of the table or whatever. You know, the, the walls are clean. There's people. There's places for people to sit, and and you can bathrooms look at this at work. There's bathrooms that work, all that stuff. Before the, if you can look at that and, and check off all those boxes of pro, that show professionalism, you're already well on your way. You, you don't have to worry about terrain. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You're, you know, you obviously still have to bring terrain, but you don't have to worry about the way it looks as much. Um, but Ditto. and then that's a yeah, that, that's another thing too. Is is you need to have chairs and tables and room for your event. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to an event where where the TO tried to like maximize the amount of people right they're like oh pd pop's coming i gotta i gotta try and get like 100 people to come to my event and i go and it there's like 50 people packed in a room and i'm like this 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 store is meant to hold eight magic players right so so why why are we fitting 40 people why are you lining up people outside under a tent in the parking lot yeah. you know and, you know yeah. in archon last year we drew a map we actually had a map and uh you know, we measured space, measured out where tables were going to go, each event. You know, so we we didn't we didn't want to run into that issue, and that was the way we avoided it. Was basically actually mapping out what tables were going to go where, with what space that we had, and how much we were going to have between tables. And yeah. uh, I don't know if some people go that far, but it worked for us. No, I think you do have to go that far. That far. You do. You definitely do. I don't know and, if that's sarcasm or you actually being nice. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> you know, it's that humility in action right there. <laughs> uh, and and you know what? If if this if first off, if this happens to you, it's a good problem to have. If if you feel like you're outgrowing your space, it's a good problem to have. That's okay. That's that just means you have to either you have to fix some things. Uh, but don't don't be afraid to turn people away or to look at other venues to expand in. Um, you can do both, right? Uh, you you can you can you can't do both at the same time, um, but but you can you can do one or the other. And don't don't be afraid to change it up. If you if you have forty people registered and there's you only have spots for thirty two, just tell the other eight people that have registered, hey, we ran out of spots. Come anyways. If we still fill, we'll refund you or we'll have something for you to do or something. Try and make it work for them, but but try not to overbook at the same time. It's kind of a balancing act. Uh, and then if you if you know you're growing. And you need to turn people away. Don't, don't worry about turning them away because that's good. And then next year, expand. So if you have like if you have a cap of thirty two and you have like thirty people messaging you and being like, oh, I want to I want to sign up for your event, just tell them politely, come come at the event. There's always going to be dropouts, so you, you always kind of have that like the the dropout rate of people just don't show up who have actually signed up for your event. So you'll always be able to add a couple people to the door at least, no matter how big the event is or how booked it is. Um, and then just tell them, hey, you can come. If there's spots, we'll take you, but we're hard capping at 32, and then plan for expansion next year, and then tell that to all of those dudes. Like, I'm sorry, we're capping at 32, but next year I'm looking at expanding the venue, doing this, doing that, 
and we're going to try and get 60. And then that'll make all those people happy. Yep. Hopefully. Yep. I mean, that's exactly right. That 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 is exactly how you should you should uh, plan for turning people like turning people away. I think um, I think this is the first year we're gonna have a waiting list, and we we actually won't get through our waiting list. Wow. Yeah. No, that the waiting list is always interesting, right? You're just dealing with it. This is kind of a side. This is not dealing with physical <laughs> things you need to have in a tournament. Um, but the waiting list is always interesting, like what you want to do with it, because those are like those are potential customers, right? Those are mm-hmm. like people who want to give you money. They're standing, they're like fry in Futurama, going take my money, right? <laughs> yeah. And and, and yeah. so you don't want to turn them away. You don't want to be like ah go away. But at the same time, you you want to run a good event. Um, and so really, it's kind of on a case by case basis, depending on how big your wait list is, how much wiggle room you have, um, if you're a con, if you're not, what you want to do. Uh, but typically, if you're listening to this podcast and you have that problem, you probably don't need to listen to this podcast. Right. right. <laughs> so, so, you know, anyways, uh, moving on to materials, it's very important to have uh, guidelines, rules, something like a, a tournament packet, something. You don't have to print tournament packets for everyone at your event. You can just give them a doc and have them print themselves. But you do need to have like a couple tournament packets for your event, even if it's like a, an eight person RTT. Like, you, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't, you know, it's frustrating how many times I've been to an RTT with a small amount of people and the TOs didn't have anything. They didn't have a uh, schedule posted. They didn't have rounds. They didn't have rules, format, anything. And it's just like, if your tournaments, if your RTT is like eight people, like why not shell out the couple bucks for Kinko's and print out tournament packets for your guys? Like that's, it's like a no-brainer to so me. So let personally. me, yeah, let me give you a pro tip real, real quick. If you're doing a small RTT and the ITC mission packs, so what you can do with the uh, with the ITC mission packs is you can just do print. I think you pay, print pages one through four, which is like the front page, and it goes into explaining the missions, so on, so on and so forth. And then you just print the first page of the actual mission. So and then you would print like missions one through six, and you could print on the front, front and back. That way, you have a document that you can keep uh, regardless of whatever RTT you're running. So after the RTT is over, you just collect these packets and you can use it next time. Instead of printing um, you know, mission pack and the score sheet on front and back pages and then throwing the whole packet away. So I found that works really well and I've actually saved a lot of paper because of it. So. Nice. Uh, and, and to that effect, uh, a way to keep the time is usually pretty helpful. It's not necessary necessarily, but, but a way to keep the time is very useful. Extra materials, pens. If you have a bunch of pens, like just go to a hotel and just jack their cup of pens. Like who cares, mm-hmm. right? Just, just do that or make your own, you know. But having extra pens in a tournament is, is almost always a boon because people always lose their pens if you if you require things to be written down or something. Um, your materials, a, a space for you to work at or operate from is usually preferred even for smaller RTTs. Uh, just so as a TO, you have this spot where people can go to where they know who, you, where you are and, and, and you're available. Um, having judges easily recognized. Oh, oh, judges. So, so I'm going to throw judges in here. I wanted to throw them in hype, um, and community, but, but I'm going to throw them in physical, they <laughs> in are physical, physical people for your, for your, <laughs> uh, having a judge is, is not necessarily important at the lower level, but honestly, at this point, if you're running 30 or more people, if you're not the judge, having someone on, on hand who knows their rules 
um, who can fulfill the role is amazing. It's the best thing. And if you're at a higher level and you don't have a head judge, at least, like if you're an open and you don't have a head judge, um, I would I would consider getting one. You know, just just because having a guy who is separate from the 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 to side of it, um, who just focuses on on answering rules questions, would be so helpful. Because you as a to you have to worry about. Uh, fixing, making sure the terrain all gets set up. You have to worry about calling out rounds. You have to worry about signing people up. You have to worry about the venue itself. Sometimes there's all these little venue things. If there's like a catered lunch, you have to worry about that. There's so there's so many little things that add up that as a TO you have to deal with. And then if on top of that, you're also answering rules questions, which can be very meticulous and time consuming. Just just having a guy there, even just a volunteer. Right, someone, someone simple, someone like, hey, you, you know, you know your rules. Can you just help judge? Yeah. And you know, they'll do the best they can. Don't expect them. Don't expect everyone to be perfect all the time. But so here's something like that. Yeah, that I really like. Um, uh, I I really like our judging staff. We we're having like four people this year, uh, four or five people be being judges, and we're we're actually going to be split out into two different sections of of the the venue, and so. Uh, we'll have two judges in each hall, so that way, you know, if someone has to go to the bathroom, one judge leaves. But uh, you know, the judges will be able to to do anything that they need to do. And really, where where I think it's really beneficial for for my judges is is uh, I, I kind of look at it, the judges as the bad guy. You know, they're going to give you the bad news that oh, you just lost a game, or oh, you just uh, uh, you had a ruling wrong. And then the TO comes in and says, hey, man, sorry that it didn't work out for you, but, you know, here's a drink on the house. And so, you know, I like it because it's a good cop, bad cop. And I think that's worked uh, worked really well for me. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I do think that's a good idea. You know, last year, Matt, you know, one of, the, one of my partners that I run it with, you know, Matt was our head judge. And I, I do think it's not a bad idea to have a little bit of separation between whoever's going to make those tough calls and, and you as the tournament organizer, you know, because basically you, you have to back up your judge, but uh, you can let your judge go be the bad guy and, and not have the ill will towards you as, as the tournament, you know. Yep. Yep. And rarely, rarely have had anything, you know, disastrous happen where uh, it was a wrong rules call. So. Uh, but judges are humans and they'll make the wrong call, which actually brings me to the next point. I think, uh, when you do get to a certain point and people asking you rules questions, I think it's really important to have some sort of document where you can document all the rules questions that, uh, you have, uh, you have had Facebook is a terrible place to ask rule questions and answer rule questions. Uh, yeah, it's the Wild West. It is really? the Wild West because you like can't even search. for your tournament or just in general? For your tournament. Uh, so, for example, right now, Pablo, if you have a second, go to ironhalo.org. And then if you click on, uh, the, click on the 40K tournament and you go all the way down to rules questions and you click on that, uh, you can see that you can submit rules uh, or a, a format question. And it give, brings you up to a Google form where you can ask your question. And then if you click on resolved questions, it has all the questions that have been asked and all the answers or if there's any other supporting documentation that uh, was requested. So uh, what this does is help us helps us organize, you know, questions that have been answered. It leaves those questions out in the public so that if something someone were to say, it's like, well, I didn't know that was a rule. And I said, 
And I will say something to the effect of, well, we've told you many times that the rules, uh, if, if you had a question or if you didn't want to know how something would be ruled, you needed to look at this page. And so we found it to be really effective. It eliminates a lot of confusion. And I think uh, uh, it also – it's really interesting because you can tell – like I know, for example, I'm going to call out Sam because he's a great guy. But Sam Henley, he asked me a question about using Alpha Legion. Uh, and we, what we said is that you needed to have uh, an Alpha Legion – a Battleforge Alpha Legion detachment to use Alpha Legion stratagems. And then he asked later on, it's like, well, if uh, – if if you're required to do that for Alpha Legion, um, uh, would Eldari and, and Yunari have to have the same type of uh, rulings? And we actually ruled, yes, you do. So anyway, if you have questions on that particular ruling, just check out our rules page and it'll explain everything um, everything there. Which is really cool. By the way, I submitted a rules question. God um, dang it. The, I don't ask a rules is, question. Oh my gosh. The question is, is how do I submit a rules question? So hopefully you can answer that and respond before the Iron Halo next week. Um, actually, you guys will be listening to this on Monday, so it'll be this weekend. It's October fourth uh, to the or fifth through the seventh. I want to say. Uh, uh yeah, fifth through the seventh Friday. It's, yes. Uh, Friday the fifth, <laughs> and we're doing a whole bunch of setup. We'll have Trade Hammer. Uh, the sixth and seventh are actually the are the two two days we'll be playing 40k. Uh, the cool thing is if you've already signed up and bought your ticket. Uh, and if you want to drop on Saturday to play Kill Team on Sunday, uh, it's already taken care of. And we actually have prize support for everyone uh, at the Kill Team tournament. Nice. Uh, so um, I did lose my train of thought because I was busy. Like, oh yeah, if you're an, if you're a someone, I, I understand if you don't have a website like Iron Halo, uh, I get it. It's understandable. Uh, you can also just make yourself available to people via email um you don't have to necessarily use your personal email you can use an email for your rtt or whatever that that just handles rules questions uh, i find that keeping email separate helps me out a lot personally um mm-hmm. you can also make yourself available on facebook or something but yeah the, most the, of our rules questions we got via our facebook page for the con yeah but 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 jason's right you don't want to do it you don't want to answer rules questions on a public forum uh and b you want to make yourself available to answer any questions not just rules questions. So you need some sort of media source, some sort of resource for players that players know that's visible to everyone, not only to announce specific parts about your event or specific things about your tournament, but also to answer questions, any questions that people have. And that's actually something that I think a lot of even GTs can work on. Um, You know, I've been to a lot of RTTs and GTs where the TOs, the people who run them don't, don't make any announcements. And then I find out like, a day before the event, oh, I have to, I have to build an eighteen hundred fifty point list, not a two thousand point list. That does actually happen. Uh, so you know, you always want to be clear and communicate with your customers via whatever whatever means you can. So um, mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. Uh, and I, th- I think that's I think that's pretty much it, guys. I, I think we covered every, all the physical things. Uh, are there any final tips that you guys want to give to newer? TOs, newer people who want to take their RTTs or GTs to the open level or the next level. Just you know, the more the more lead time you get in planning, the better. You know, don't don't last minute stuff. If you have a schedule, stick to it. If if you you know, because people are going to hold you to your own schedule. So you know, plan ahead, have a schedule, and uh, give yourself enough time to get the good things done. That'd be uh, my best overall advice. Yep, have a passion for uh, serving the community. 
and uh, just build your tournament or your um, RTT one step at a time. And uh, what's really cool is all those small little steps will grow eventually into a, a larger entity like a, like a GT or a major. And, uh, you know, four years down the road, you can look and see uh, what you've done, uh, the community you've helped develop, and the friendships that you developed across the country. Yeah, and, and one, one final tip I've got for you guys is if you're a TO, I understand how hard it is. Jason and Brian do. We feel for you. We, we have all seen or experienced the, all the pitfalls and, and steps that it takes to become to make a big event. So we, we feel you. We understand. So I just want to say that if you are TO, first off, thank you so much for taking the time, even for running a four-person RTT. Thank you for taking time out of your week, your busy, busy week, to help, uh, help grow the 40K community in some small way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and second of all, stick with it. Uh, if you're a TO, you, you, know, you know, there's nothing worse than a passionless TO who who is disenfranchised or 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 uh, uh, separated from the game, right? So if you're a TO, you know, play 40k games. Try to keep yourself involved with the community in one way mm-hmm. or another, even when their RTT isn't happening. You know, keep, kind of keep an eye on what's going on in in the 40k community. If there's been any big FAQ drops, which if you guys are listening to this and there hasn't been any big FAQ drops. <laughs> get your pitchforks out because I think you're going to be listening to this October 1st. Um, but <laughs> the, the point is, is wait, that was that a little foreshadowing? That was Pablo? the September FA. Well, I, it, it's because the joke right now online about this uh, oh. around the 2018 September FAQ is that it might not come out in September. Obviously we're, we're recording this on September 27th. So GW just has three more days to release this FAQ. And as a podcaster, it's kind of interesting for me too. Cause I'm like, I got to like, I got a report on the FAQ, but I've also got a schedule to maintain. It's all very fun uh, and silly. And anyways, just poking a little fun there. But so, so Pablo, uh, educated guess. When do you think it would come out? Uh, September. So <laughs> is um, that is that like a hard September? Like, like that's like a, it's, they said it was a September FAQ. It's going to come out in September. Uh, hopefully, I was right. But moving on, are you most you, likely you, right? Is that kind of a humble right? Uh, I think he's fishing for, for answers. <laughs> Back to I think I think I just wanted I just wanted your opinion. I, you know I, I I would not twist words around. Come on, we are Pablo. we are we are out in the weeds now. Back it back into society. Okay. All right. The, if you're a TO, thank you so much for taking the time. Be passionate. Stick with it. It's it's a long hard thankless job is really what it is that doesn't pay you at all uh but if you're doing it you're you're you mean so much to me and to the rest of the community so stick with it that that's my tip is just stick with it and one final tip if you are listening to this podcast and you were a to i do have special discounted rates for tos on advertising i don't advertise a lot on chapter tactics i don't i it's not a very commercial heavy podcast uh, though I do plan on fixing that and changing that. But one thing I have, I feel like I have been really successful in is developing and marketing tournaments and 40K events specifically. Uh, I, I feel like I've, you know, there's a lot of events that I've had TOs come on consistently, let them plug their events. I've talked about events consistently. Uh, I have a, now a network of people from all over the world 
who who go to these events and who talk to me about the results and what's going on. So if you're looking for an event in your area, if you're looking to get your event's name out there, I am your guy. I am your resource. All you have to do is email me, frontlinegamingpdpob at gmail.com. That's frontlinegamingpetypab at gmail.com. I'm always willing to help new TOs grow and learn. And it's something that I, I, I'm very passionate about and something that I kind of built this podcast around. Uh, so once again, if you're listening to this special bonus episode, thank you so much. You guys are the best listeners ever. I love getting all your emails and feedback, even if it's negative and constructive. Thank you, Jason and Brian, for coming on and taking an hour and a half out of your busy days and busy lives uh, to talk 40K and talk about this hobby that we love and appreciate. Anytime, man. Oh, Anytime. Thanks, man. Thanks. Hey, uh, can I give a one last shout out to my podcast? Would that be all right? It, no. Yeah, it's, it's something about like 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 jumping gorilla board gaming. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, uh, Flying monkeys Wargaming podcast. Uh, me and my buddies get together. We do it. We try to be weekly. Uh, sometimes we don't. We are a little bit more. Uh, our language is a little foul sometimes. Well, so your if, language uh, is foul. I'm pretty clean is. when I'm on there. Uh, Jason, just stop. So, <laughs> what? I'm just trying to up. I'm gonna try to make it more family friendly. I'm too tired for you tonight. <laughs> Anyways, go listen to Flying Monkeys Working. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate it. So, All right. And, of course, check out the Iron Halo. They are an official sponsor of Chapter Tactics. I, I would not be where I am today without some help from Jason Horn and the Iron Halo, uh, who I will always forever be in debt with and think humbly. Uh, yeah, so that was very Iron humble. <laughs> <laughs> the... The uh, it's going to be as Jason said on the fifth through the seventh of October. Look forward, look for for uh, some tournament analysis on it, as well as other tournaments next week. Yep. Uh, I I do want to make one one really big announcement. Uh, I know Paul over at Best Experience said I could do this, but uh, we do have a very stringent list requirement, and the reason why is uh, and what, basically it's a text file where uh, you know. You'll be able to you know, cut and paste text. Anyway, uh, Best Coast Pairings is going to be able to, to – if we do it the right way, Best Coast Pairings is going to be able to pull uh, the exact number of units uh, that are actually at the tournament. Wow. That's a big deal. Like That's, that's huge, guys. Yeah, like we can tell how many Smash Captains pre-nerf, uh, how many Castellan Knights, you know, attachments, factions – and he, Paul said he would get me the data uh, the day, like the Saturday of the tournament, uh, so that we could kind of dive into it um, the Sunday after. And we'll definitely be able to share that with you guys uh, in the future. So I know last minute announcement, but I told Paul that I would share it. And um, <clears throat> I want to thank him for letting us uh, kind of debut this, uh, this feature for Best Coast Pairings um, at the Iron Halo. That is a big yeah. deal. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good one. Die safely. You too.